Hello, you're listening to the Brainy Speech Therapist podcast. We're your hosts, Helen McLean and Jan McIntosh-Brown. Here, we aim to look at all aspects of brain injury, from the research to the rehabilitation, and always through the lens of speech and language therapy. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the Brainy Speech Therapist podcast. I'm delighted to have guests tonight that I I have worked with, um, Julie and Raymond Crawford. And Julie and Raymond agreed to come and speak with us tonight to promote um, Aphasia Awareness Month in June. So I'm going to hand straight over to Julie and Raymond and they're going to tell us a little bit about themselves and their journey. Thanks, Julie. Do you want to start? Uh, I will try. (laughs) Um, Okay, I was just going to tell you about my background and mention about my family as well. Um, So, uh, my husband Raymond, obviously, we've had a a great time. Um, We used to work together in science. And we knew each other well, and, um, and then we was changing career things as well. Uh, so we moved into different jobs, but we were still a couple. Yeah. And so you were a te- you're a teacher, aren't you, Julie? Yes, I, got, yeah. I became a, a teacher, and um, and we're still continuing working different science companies as well. So you've you've done really well with it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've I've been a biology teacher, and um, when I was just starting um, starting teaching um, and how we're learning PGE for that and, and um, in Scotland we learned about science and biology and at the same time we had our first child so it was yeah. a bit of a struggle but it's been a great time and uh, so I had so how old is your, uh, your so, first child uh, uh, yeah Marissa the oldest one she's now 14 and um, and she's grown up well she's mm. been a great help um, after a couple of years that she was born, we had our second daughter, Louisa, and uh, so she's now 11, and um, she's grown up well too, she's doing great as well. Um, and then the last time, we had our wee boy, Raymond, and he's now 7, and um, yeah, so they're going well, uh-huh, yep, had had great time with the, with the children. Um, yeah. And then, so what do you do for work, Raymond? So I'm a, a validation engineer. Um, I work for a, a, a company that supplies the, the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so we supply them all sorts, of, all sorts of things, from fridges to freezers to tissue culture media, um, you name it. So the last few years has been quite a busy year as we've been um, I remember that. I remember that. I remember how busy you were. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been with Julie's uh, brain injury and COVID. It's been it's been a a whirlwind three years um, to say the least. So um, so I've been doing that for uh, best part of twenty odd years. And as Julie said, that's how we we both came together. And then Julie decided that teaching would be something that she wanted to do. Sort of later, well not later in life, but in her thirties, um, and as I said, she she worked really hard to to get there. It was her third attempt to be to be a teacher, um, and as I said, she supported her all the way in that, and she had a career of about ten years before before this happened, um, and that's basically yeah, yeah. how we got together and our and, life ever since. Was it? High, is it high school or primary or secondary school? Yeah, secondary school. Yeah. So you are you're glutton for punishment, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Having teenagers and you know yeah, uh-huh. working with teenagers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Take my hat off to every teacher and childcare worker. Yes, I, I think have. I take yeah. my hat off to them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so okay, so. Raymond has already mentioned that you've had a brain injury. Mm-hmm. Um, will you talk to us a little bit about that? I know it's a yeah. very difficult thing to talk about. Oh no, I think it's it's good to let it known. Yeah. Um, 
I think actually the main reason is because um, I didn't really understand at the beginning what was happening. Um, and that, that possibly, I don't know if it's a kind of common, and maybe that's to, to say if people do feel this, we, we can be saying it is temporary and you get over it and you get better. So maybe that's better to say this one is a good idea for me to go over it. Um, I didn't have any uh, warning signs or any pain, a headache, um, or any kind of like, feeling to know something was not right with me. I had nothing, and um, and I don't remember it either. I've got no memory. I think there was a part of amnesia to do with this. Maybe to feel something really important. Um, in a good way, it's lucky um, it was during COVID. <laughs> it was a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> so it happened when I, um, I was thinking going back to school as a teacher and possibly thinking was oh, that after going the birth happen? of Raymond? Uh, so I, well, I was busy with having three children yeah. and I had worked part time because okay. I thought it was too much. I was actually thinking of going back full time. Okay. I was actually starting things. So basically, um, schools usually go back after summertime and they go back like, mid-August, the 10th or something like that. What happened to me then was the 3rd of August and that happened in 2020, so a wee bit back. And, um, and I'm lucky then because that was during COVID because Raymond was working home and then he found me. So that was better. He found me in the house. Um, and it was a bit... Um, I don't I don't remember at all, but it's you... Would you like me to say? Yeah, you can say that. So, so normal day, or class COVID is normal. We were, um, Julie was work, not working from home, she was in the school summer holidays, but I was still working from home. It was a, an average Monday. We were, we got up, we did Joe Wicks. Um, <laughs> I, I passed Julie on the, on the, the, the whole landing, I maybe, about 11 o'clock she said she was going for a shower and I went and did a few um, a few calls for work um, the children then came down and asked where mum was but, but nothing of it I said I think she's having a shower um, and after that another 10 minutes passed and I thought no better go and, better go and check where Julie is so I shouted up no response and then we found Julie um, lying on the bathroom floor so um, as I said Bit of a shock, um, but then I thought she'd maybe just fallen, hit her head. But um, when I found Julie, her eyes were, her pupils were blown, um, and she was basically just moaning at the, at the time. So that sort of set the alarm bells ringing. Um, Nine 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 ambulance came, and Julie um, was was to the hospital, um, and that was the start of her, her journey with head in, a head injury. She got to. Um, the hospital in Paisley um, and they scanned Julie and diagnosed a subarachnoid hemorrhage um, and um, as I say that was the, that was the, the moment that um, they said that this was potentially life-threatening so at that moment didn't have any understanding of subarachnoid hemorrhage or, or, or what, what was the outcomes or, or how her life would, would change at that after that point um, so First thing first was to see Julie and to get her the best the best care. Um, Julie's parents also came to the hospital at that time, and they had experience of a subarachnoid hemorrhage. It looks like this runs in Julie's family. Her grandfather had the same thing, and and died in his thirties. Um, so um, and subsequently we found out that her aunt has some um, aneurysms in her head. Luckily, they're very small, um, so there's no there's no immediate cause for, for for danger, and it's something that we all have to deal with latterly in life for our children as well to make sure that they're they're okay. But following that, Julie got whisked away to another hospital to um, the Queen Elizabeth for to the to the, the brain specialists, um, and she underwent a craniotomy and a clipping off of the aneurysm. Um, stayed in intensive care for a few weeks then um, touch and go um, whether Julie would actually pull through um, but gradually she started to make improvements um, 
basketed sort of rows and, and things, but um, wasn't really too with it um, for, for several weeks. Um, and then she also suffered from Pearson's syndrome, which was blood in her, in her eyes, so she was effectively blind as well. So again, really scary time for Julie. Again, she couldn't communicate. Um, the language was just gobbledygook at, at the time, um, which again, we, we couldn't really understand Julie's needs and wants at that time. So very difficult all around and playing to the mix, COVID. So I was allowed to visit Julie for one hour a day, uh, prescribed time. Um, and again, from that, the brain injury led Julie not to believe that I was her husband at the time, which was, again, um, only latterly that we found that out. But during the, the sort of journey over those few weeks, and Julie slowly um, became able to speak and have a few words. Um, it was difficult because I sensed that, that she was testing, that she didn't really believe that I was her husband. She kept asking, why do you get pictures of my, my children on your phone? Um, and would ask questions that only I would, I would know the answer to. So I think deep down she did know it was me, but her brain was telling her it wasn't. And I think because the, the, the sort of general atmosphere with COVID visiting was a bit, a bit difficult. I had my face mask on. She couldn't understand. She couldn't see my full face. There was other patients in the ward who thought I was their relative, um, and probably just being the type of people who have just been nice to placate them and, and say, no, that's... So I, I, there was a woman next to Julie kept calling me her son. Um, so I think that... Which probably confused I, things yeah. further for you because, yes, you know, uh, you're thinking, oh, you're her son, not my husband. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I do remember because the lady, um, she was nice to talk with me um, she used to offer me sweeties that I couldn't eat because of my, my jaw was uh, during the surgery they had to to cut the, the muscles. I don't know, the muscles yeah the jaws I was I was eating like a baby with fluids um, and pouches of baby food and stuff like that um, it just felt all when I was starting to be aware and obviously the the, the sleep fatigue or whatever it was it was I wasn't really aware of what's going on. Uh, and I, I do remember one of the times I was waking up and it was vomiting, but um, I could see things, but it seemed to be, and I thought, there's a lot of darkness on us here. Why is it always dark in here? And um, and that's the, the person syndrome was actually affecting me. And obviously I couldn't see. I think though that feeling I was getting, why is it all dark in here? It was causing a lot more fear. So I think the emotions were kicking off very quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, and I didn't understand when the nurse was speaking, even if I asked questions, mixed up words in it. When I got the face mask on, everything's all muffled, muffled, and I couldn't understand. Again, causing more worry as well. So I think the emotions was getting really, really big. I noticed was something wrong with my head. I knew I noticed the hair was shaved off, um, and and I was getting headaches as well. And my hair was really sick a lot of the time. And I thought, well, the worst thing you're in for your head to hit, maybe it's a job like that where you're letting house board accidents. And I thought, I've been in a car accident. And then I thought, I've not been seeing my husband and my children. They've been in that car. And this is causing more, more and this. more anxiety. Yes. And uh -huh, emotional. Uh -huh. So I think then it's just, and possibly then when they kept saying my blood pressure was high, and I don't know what it was. And, um, and it sounds silly as well, but maybe uh, my memory was not very good either. But I'm kind of thinking my opinions as well, working with young children as well, and uh, to get them to remember things, it's give them pictures that's left. So it could be a picture of my husband and my children and say they're at home at sleep time, or even some of the, um, the movements to try and to communicate with me. Um, I know it was because of COVID and they're probably busy and stuff, but maybe it was best have a couple of things as well, just I'm thinking to try and make it easier. The reason was as well, because I went through a situation as bad as that, um, when I was putting the house, getting a, a lot better and I'm kind of asking what happens, what happens, so do explain this to me. And at that time I did remember, I said, oh, my granddad, my dad's dad, 
he he had something like this. I said, right, okay. And uh, so that's a bit better then. I know it's like a family group then, and it's a rare thing. It wasn't until later on after I'd left everything and it was like, during conversations and a lot of people were saying, oh yeah, you're some type of stroke. However, I've meeting everyone with stroke. Mine's is different, it's completely different. And I think this maybe is important to get this knowledge across that people are aware. I think I thought I was the same as them and I thought I wasn't. So I think that's good to, to pass that on as well. And I think as well because I want to make sure, for me, it's like a family issue and I don't want that being passed on my children and obviously they're aware of it. So I think it's easier that it's knowledge to talk about and it's not for panicking feeling, but just to pass on information. Yeah, well, I think we do that for other situations with our children, don't we? We want to, you know, look at our own lives and think about, you know, what, what, what can we pass on to our children, both, you know, positive and preventing negatives, you know? So, of course, if you've got a health condition that, that we've seen some family traits with, you do, you want to mm -hmm. give your children the best chance that they've got. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's quite natural for you to want that, Julie. Yeah. I was thinking about when we first started talking about your injury and you not being able to remember and I've often heard people say that you know they feel so distressed for the distress that their family have obviously been through you know mm -hmm. because you're not awake you're not you're not there in that moment you're fighting for your life but you're not conscious of, of that fight you know and so I mean you can understand how upset you were even when we first met you were still a bit quite distressed weren't yeah. you about your family about your children about you know needing to look after them you know so yeah how, how are you doing with all of that now have you guys kind of worked through mm -hmm. a little bit i think julie's correct me she's butt in kicked me um but i think Julie still finds that, that bit hard, the fact that she feels she's missed out on a big stretch of time when the kids, that she feels that the kids didn't get her attention, then my youngest was, you know, needed his mum, you know, and they, not that the girls didn't, but they were a little bit older and a little bit more self-sufficient, um, and I think she feels that part of being a mum has been taken away from her. Um, and, and that's been quite hard and even just as we talked about the, the immediacy after um, she didn't see her kids till about eight to ten weeks after again because covid was only allowed one person but we did have some really good nurses at the hospital that they realized that and they sort of bent the rules a little they got us a family room and they got they got us a few visits um, where you know it's almost good sneaking the children in past the, sec past the security guards and um, so that was that was um, it was nice of the nurses to do but again a completely alien and strange atmosphere that you know and i'm not saying that we would have, we would have exposed the children to it sooner but they hadn't seen their mum either they then seen their mum but you know her hair shaved down the one side and not being able to communicate great However, having said that, um, Julie was still struggling incredibly, you know, with, with language and memory and, and things like that. But as soon as the children came into the room, I was a different person. I hadn't seen this person for, for a while. So the mum instinct kicked, kicked in big style when those kids were there. And it must have taken Julie all her energy to summon up those reserves to, to actually speak to the children. And, you know, and she tried to put them at ease. Well, you know, and you know, it seems strange they are our children, but you know, they were frightened. They were, they were, they weren't sure what was happening. You know, and um, me and their grand shuffling them into this hospital. There's nobody about. We're, we're you know, uh, uh, so it was just strange and weird at the time. So for someone with a brain injury to have that that sort of weirdness and strangeness added up, you know, when the reality is is not there. You know, it just added to the fact, and I think you know, I would certainly be you know championing um, if anything like this ever happened again, that people with brain injuries.
should be exempt of giving greater flexibility because, as I said previously in the interview, Julie only accepted that I was her husband once her father had came and visited. And that was after an incident that, you know, you're happy, I can, I can tell that. Um, and I, and I tried, and once Julie, I, once I told that Julie didn't really, would say trust me, but wasn't sure, I started to pull back and not, not that we were kissing and cuddling and all, but you know, I would put yeah, my hand space. on and you know, yeah. I realised that, you know, hang about, she's not quite sure and then if there's a, what she perceives as a strange man holding her hand or, you know, that's not comfortable. So, um, one evening I, I was doing the usual thing and they were washing up and taking away the dusty washing. So after I left, all hell broke loose that Julie, the challenge to us is why is this man, this man taking my underwear and why are you letting him in? You know, um, so when I phoned for my visit the next day, the nurses were a bit sort of coy and maybe not sure that I agreed. But and I was like, well, what's, what's going on? And they told me the story. But I was like, oh, who's going to visit? You're not going to let. So they did say, well, you could have someone. I said, right, okay. And through, you know, FaceTime and things like that, Julie had always recognised her dad. Um, Maybe not visually, but certainly his voice, our, our dad's got quite a distinct voice, slowly, but, you know, so she always recognised that. But again, she, Julie didn't recognise her mum as well, because she's like, who's that with dad? And again, that's, I think that was hard for people as well, because, you know, probably it came back over the FaceTime as well, so that was, so I thought, right, we'll get your dad up, um, and, you know, she recognised her dad. Their their speech, you might understand, this is better I understood at the time. My mum used to speak very, very fast and I didn't understand what she was saying. Whereas my dad, and I knew it was him because he kind of goes, and had a wee start of a word that's coming. And I totally knew from that sound, that is my dad. Whereas I couldn't understand what my mum was saying. It sounds silly, but I think it's to do with what you're hearing. I think I remember yeah. us talking about that, Julie, yeah. that you were aware that you weren't understanding what your mum was saying. So it wasn't necessarily that you, because you were having difficulty expressing your thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. and you were saying, who's that with my dad, or I don't recognise my mum, I think maybe what you were trying to express was, I don't understand what my mum uh-huh. is saying. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So I think so, I think that that's probably more accurate. Um, but once she's seen her dad, the the switch flicked. Um, that's Julie's amazing, isn't said, it? The that, brain is an amazing thing, isn't it? That is your husband. What you're talking about? He's been up every every day since. She, and then that was it. Next day, I got a cuddle, and, <laughs> and that was, and that was it. Julie accepted that that it was me, um, and. After that, it was the same for her mum and, and everybody. So I think it was just that little bit of reassurance. She, you of know, someone she recognised yep. beyond a doubt. Yeah, yep. and it was just alien. And again, it was, and this is the bit that always sticks with me. And, it, and it's not anything that like some people would ask Dave. And you would go, you would think she would recognise you. And you're like, oh, that's great. Um, Thanks very much. I feel really <laughs> special now. <laughs> that's it. But again, <laughs> At the time, you're just like, but that's not important because this is just, you know, where it is. But again, at the time, it was just alien and had a, you know, and that's the bit that you put the, the sort of 2020 hindsight, you go, if I'd got Julie's dad up earlier, would that have sped the process along a little bit? Would it have helped? Because we do have a strong family network that had it been normal things, Julie would have visitors all the time. And they, you know, and that would have probably have helped. Uh, I think Julie's progress, and certainly for us as a family, that we wouldn't have necessarily had to go through all that. But equally, as a scientist, I do understand where the issue for COVID was, and people didn't do it through any malice. It was just they were all in chaos, weren't they? They were all in, yeah, batten down the hatches, keep everybody safe. 
Yeah, we didn't know what we were dealing with. Yeah. And I get that. So I think hindsight great doesn't do you any good, but I think I would certainly advocate that we do things different the next time, but certainly for people that have got sort of brain injuries, learning difficulties, they can't have their world turned upside down mm-hmm. for that. The rest of us found it hard, so people yeah. with brain injuries must find it incredibly difficult and to understand. I mean, if you're happy, Julie, we could talk a little bit about your rehab, because mm-hmm. I remember when you did come to stay with us, that was your priority, wasn't it? Yes. Getting home to my children. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. You, yes. you totally remember me. Yes. <laughs> but you challenged us, yes. didn't you? And uh-huh. we, we, we came up with solutions to try and try and make your recovery the optimum it could be, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, fantastic. I, I kind of say, I think that I was part of education and if you like re-educating my ability to speak and understand language. So I thought, right, I'm going to do all the homework as well. <laughs> and I and I probably never used to say, I'll do more, I'll do more. And now I'm thinking back, I was probably doing too much because I was going against the fatigue, which is making you do any work, any tasks. It was not going through it as well as I should have. I think I was doing it because I thought if I get all this done, then I'll be going home and everything, everything will be fine. I was getting it wrong. I didn't really understand it properly. However, I think I was just, I think because of COVID as well, couldn't have visitors to see people and I had the isolation as well at the beginning. And um, it just, again, it was more emotional feelings. And I do think the emotional feelings are interrupting how your, your brain is trying to function new tasks to do. Um, and um, yeah, uh-huh. so I loved the lesson that was here in rehab. I loved it. I totally enjoyed it. Um, completely different, and it was all heading towards me getting better. Um, and if it was a possibility, like it was like a clinic where I could come in for the lessons and then go home, then that would be fine. I'm aware, obviously, because of fatigue have to change and get it in the right setup to make it easier for the patients, clients that are here. And um, yeah, uh-huh. so it's just obviously that that's been kind of on my mind quite a lot. But however, the lessons here was, was great. Um, you helped me with the speech and language. I found it very, very difficult. You're giving me lots of help. Um, and I wasn't really aware of it, but even if I was talking to you, I mean, Mm-hmm. My, my phone or my mum and dad and they were saying oh that you're doing well and how actually like, just giving me uh, like, promotion to say that you're getting better like, and how it's, you're getting there this is, is good and um, it was because I was still struggling and again the same kind of thing the face mask because of Covid and we did an assessment I was looking at your yeah. information we did an assessment to compare uh-huh. how you did with the mask, with me wearing a mask versus when I didn't wear a mask. And the results were there that without the mask, you did much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would, do you remember me? I had the iPad yes. and I would run outside to another room and record something on uh-huh. the iPad without a mask on uh-huh. and I would bring it back yeah. to uh-huh. show you on the iPad, you know, yeah. and you did do so much better when you could see people's uh-huh. mouths moving. I don't know if I was asking it properly, but I had an idea in my mind, and it was because as a science teacher, we used to pop up, put up a, a, like in a plastic like, screen, and I thought, I'll just sit on one side, you can sit on another one. We used to do the test alkalines, <laughs> obviously not for doing that. <laughs> obviously just for, for language, that would be, that would be very good. Um, however, that was, wasn't available, uh, and that was because of face masks as well. But I mean, I've also been thinking about as well. If you think of a young baby, and, and you can notice they're looking at your mouth, and even your your watch when you're making different sounds, like you're going ba 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 la la la, and you're making all the sounds, and you look at your mouth and your tongue, and that's obviously it's like a big exercise as well, which is essential as well. And it sounds silly, but I think. Children would be good at teaching then. <laughs> and what did your children do? Oh, uh, yes, they helped me a lot. Yes, yes they did. You used to tell me about that. 
Raymond's been doing this and Marissa's uh-huh. been doing this and Louisa, you know, and the big, all the lessons that they've got set up for you, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. So, yeah, the, the budding yeah, speech the, therapists. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, 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 do, I do think like the, how the, the lessons to go through rehab is essential, I would say yes, definitely. The only thing that was in the way was COVID and that made it completely changed. Yeah, it must have been challenging. For you. <laughs> but yeah, I so. Yeah, I think I think part of it was because, you know, it was it was the restrictions on when someone came into the hospital, they had to isolate for two weeks. So every time you went on a pass to the to your home, it would mean you would have to come back and isolate for two weeks. And we thought, we just can't do that, you know. I think it was just, um, I think all, all of it, I think when someone has a brain injury as well, you're not used to dealing with medical professionals and professionals in general, and we're quite a close-knit family, we, we're quite, we, we do things as a fan, and that control was taken away from me, um, as a, so as much as Julie felt isolated and not much control. I also felt that I didn't have any control because someone obviously has a brain injury. The doctors take capability. The system takes capability for a person, which I found I kind of understand, but you know, I'll use words here. I actually find it disgusting. Um, And I don't know if that's the right one, but it's like, you know, you've taken my loved one and you're making decisions and, you know, and I'll give credit to Graham, you know, I wasn't keen on Julie coming here from the NHS because I didn't understand the whole sort of transferring people to what effectively is a, 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 it's a charity but it's a private hospital under a different system. So that, that was new and even if it had been in normal times it would have still been a bit, you know, and I think we mentioned to just come in the door here. I didn't know, I hadn't set foot in Graham Anderson House, I had no idea where I was going to send my wife to, what what was the rooms like, what, yeah, what, was, what was anything, and, and I, I completely understood, but it was just, you know, and even in the hospital, you know, finding that Julie's been sent for scans and things, and I'm only finding out afterwards, or, you know, there's a possibility that when they said that Julie was temporarily blind of the test, you know, they sent Julie for scans and things, and it was only been passing one of the nurses said, well, it'll be good if they can do that procedure, then Julie can, will be able to see again. And I was like, excuse me, when is that? Who's doing it? You know, and, and again, it was always the nurses that got the fallout because they thought that it had been communicated. To the, so as I say, we had, we had a few choice words, shall we say, with some of the medical profession. And I get that they're busy and it was different with COVID, but my experience of that from from being a partner was not great and again it, it had my heckles up and just fortunate for us to try and get some of that control back for Julie um, and we, we did get a power of attorney because Julie's um, friend is a lawyer but we had to hire our own psychologist to, to come and assess Julie in Graham Anderson so that she could you know Julie didn't know at that point the sort of intricacies, but she knew the big decisions for herself, that who she wanted to help her and trust. And again, that's just something that, you know, with life's just sailing along, you don't think about getting these things. And now, you know, I would be a strong advocate for anyone to, once you're married, get it, 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 it helps. Um, would it have helped? Maybe more at the start, maybe. Little, it might have, it might have made me feel that I had more power or control, but in essence, a lot of the decisions were already, um, were already made for Julie. It was the, it was the perception of a choice that you had, uh, where Julie's next steps were, were going to go, um, and and again that that's quite a frightening thing. So if I felt fine, oh goodness knows how Julie felt, not fully comprehending the situation that she's been through. And then where she's going, you're going to a rehab where you won't see your family on a day-to-day basis, and you're terrified as it is. Not yeah. a great combination for learning and things. And 
you guys were great, you know, professional staff and doing all that sort of thing for, for Julian. Julian really responds to that and, 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 you know, and because of her professional back, you know, she wants that interaction. But again, it was out with the comfort zone and the normality and she just wanted to come home and just come back and forth and, and do that learning. So I think looking at it, I don't think it, that sort of thing might work for some people, but for the type of person that Julia is, that model for her sadly didn't work and probably maybe not hindered her, but maybe her recovery could have been quicker um, had she been in that. And I think we've seen that when Julie came home at Christmas time, she started to calm, you know, we went wearing face masks in the house um, and Julie's mum and dad came round to support us, so so we had, you know, it was, it was quite cramped, but it was, it was a fun, a fun thing and again, Julie then started to be more comfortable with all the appliances in the house that we had. And you had in your own home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but again, you guys came up with the package that let us do that and use the technology that was, that was there. That Which I can't say that I was particularly comfortable with at the time. <laughs> <laughs> not, not because I didn't want to do it, but because it was unfamiliar, you know, but Thankfully, you know, with Raymond's help, I think we both mucked through, didn't we, Julie? Yeah. Because yeah. I had no idea what to do. <laughs> On Teams, was it Teams it was, we used? It was Teams we used yeah. mainly. Um, and that was That's only because true. I learned how to use Teams a couple of months because I, I was, uh, I was, luck I was luckily enough one of, the, I think it was a Category 2 worker, so I was, I was allowed to be out and about at, at the time. So, um, but when I wasn't, we did, did those meetings and, um, so I think um, I didn't know anything about Teams until about three, three years ago, so, because um, no one used it. No, that's so, right, and now, mm -hmm. bread and butter, isn't yeah. it? Teams, yeah. Teams, Teams, so about promoting Microsoft here, right? Yeah, well, you could do Zoom too. <laughs> so so where, where are things at now, you guys? What's, what's happening? How are you feeling things are going? Uh, better but not completely. And it's already um, aiming too high and too far away. Uh, because if you think about anything that's happened to your body, like usually when you ask about people, it's like, oh yeah, I was really hurt and blah, blah, blah. And I had to go a surgery and blah, blah, blah. And I had to wait some, a few weeks for this. I had some time off work. And then I had to go back to work. And I was really exhausted as well. And I think I would aim for that if I could. But this is completely different, and um, and it is a bit. It's like bereavement because as if everything was in my life before it ended. Which that is, is such a good point, Julie. Yeah. Uh huh. That grief that you go through. Yeah. Uh huh. So the main things is I'm I'm still kind kind of going through it. I'm still adjusting to it. Um, it's. Always had to quit my job because I didn't have all the, the skills and abilities um, to carry on as being a, a teacher. And my main thing is my site. Uh, my site, I don't know if it's actually got a name, but um, I've got visual impairment at the right side of my right eye. Um, and I've also got blurry look through both of the eyes, but it is getting smaller, which is good. But the right, the right eye has got more trouble. Uh, and even if you try to test your eyes and you cover up one from your hand, all covering one eye and then doing the other one, and it's completely different, completely different what I'm seeing. Um, and even the colour is different as well. The colour I'm getting is different as well. Uh, so basically, uh, the person's syndrome had caused, it was caused, the surgery was called vitreectomy, if I remember the right yeah. yeah. And um, they had to do it a few times. I had to get three surgeries on the right eye and one surgery on the left eye. So I'm thinking then they were trying quite a few times to get it fixed. Uh, also on the right eye, I had to get a cataract because of the, the surface of the eye or something, is this right? Um, so it's still a big thing as well because I can't see. And at the moment I can't drive my car. And it sounds a silly thing, but that's the, my main thing where I can't leave their mum, which is to drive them to school or drive them to the clubs, swimming, dancing, everything. Uh, 
I'm gutted and I know it's because of Bell you're working and we're trying to take the kids. We need to change your classes and get it at the weekend when you get time off work and then it's just it's all doubled. And uh, I'm gutted and I'm thinking as well, I had put aims thinking, oh within six months I'm going to go back to this and it's too short and think this is going to take longer and I still need to keep my mind and it might be permanent so I need to adjust then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I, keep going. I think I learned a saying many years ago, you set your goals in concrete but your time in sand. Ah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. so you can rub the sand out yeah. and reset the uh -huh. timeline in sand. But the goal's always there. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So I'm changing it myself. So because of the eyesight and can't drive, eh, I've very recently been on the bus. It sounds silly, but then going I on the bus. Going on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> it means then taking the kids, which some of them are a bit like, I don't want to go on a bus. <laughs> Oh, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw a wheels bus, like, yeah, 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 you can do all this. I think Julie's saying that I've not got a choice. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's quite... They want to learn how to do the bus when they get older. Yeah. They want some independence themselves. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh -huh. so. well, this is as well because my oldest one, uh, Marissa, she goes to a different school. She goes to a secondary school and she gets a bus there and there and back and she's quite close to the local shopping centre and she's actually saying, oh it's good mum that you're going on the bus, we could meet and go shopping <laughs> and buy nail polish and stop for a hot, cho hot chocolate and I think well this is good, so this is good. So it's actually, I think the, the best thing is if the kids are aware of making things a bit different but they're quite happy to go with it, oh yes I'm delighted. So although I'm moaning about think, oh, I can't get all my life back and I'm really upset and really annoyed, I can just think, well, they're quite happy about it and they're changing things because they're changing themselves. They're not young children. They're coming, the older ones are coming up to teenagers, flipping the house. So, yeah. yeah. And maybe it's about, even although I said the goals in concrete, maybe it's about redefining the goal a uh -huh. little bit. So it's about not necessarily driving your children to uh -huh. every event or whatever, but being able to support your children to go to every yeah. event, whether that's walking or going to the bus or getting a mm -hmm. lift or, you know, something. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, go I'm going to be busy as well. I'm going to find it as well, just one of my neighbours, chatting to neighbours as well. Networking. Oh, yes, uh-huh, it's good. Uh, I'm going out with my friends as well and go out for, like, brunches and things like that as well, have, have some time. So I'm talking more to people as well. I'm finding out information as well. So some of the mums are going to like the mummy dance classes, which are like tap dancing, which, and I think I did a lot of the, the physical um, exercises with the team yeah, as well. I'm still continuing it yeah. and I love it. Yeah. Uh, I like listening to music as well. It's just, it's it's good. I like it. Um, yeah, so I'm going, to, I'm going to join a different clubs and I keep myself busy and I think that's a good way to do it. And it sounds silly, um, I'm going with my mum and we're going to go for a wee thing, it's like crochet. It's going to be difficult for me, but I'm going to love to do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I've not given it a lot of time to do it, but I think it was a bit of a shock before because the speech and language appointments were finished and then I thought, oh, I can't, I don't understand everything, I don't know what to do. But I'm just thinking, well, I'll just to make things different. And I'll keep myself busy and I'll do things. And it sounds silly as well, but then even when you're trying to do something, you need to ask questions, you need to listen to answers. So that's like the basic to do that and then keep building it. So that is what I am doing as well. And um, I'm actually saying we parts as well, as well, like meeting people as well. Um, the reason why I'm saying this is because when I'm in groups with people, so I'm also, for instance, like with a chest hand stroke, I'm going to that, and it's a small ladies group, and it's about, let's say, at the most, like six, but sometimes it splits into different tables. I'm also going to Bremster Head Injury, and that's similar as well. It's like a group of ladies, and there's about four or five of us, and this is good. And I like it because we have small conversations. We're usually doing something else as well. So say, for instance, like, uh, like bingo. 
this silly, but this is good. <laughs> Multitasking. Yeah, it is, it is. I like this, I like this. And I am enjoying about this as well. Um, and I think it's felt, when I was talking about the emotions before, and I think it's better to understand as well that sometimes those emotions come in really fast, really quick and higher. Flood and you. They yeah, flood you. Yeah, feelings. However, the reason why I'm saying this as well is because, and now I've got a big family, we've got a big family, we've got three children, but we are going with what our um, what other families, like what parents and siblings as well, and then their children, and this is with the aunts and uncles of our, our, our children and their cousins, and I'm aware, this is why I think I need to do something else. We're in big crowds of people, and we're in small rooms, like a living room. It seems like a big room, but it's not really that big. And even there's a dog running about as well. <laughs> Sounds like a big family. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, big, family. a big family. And I'm, I'm aware of all the time I have been getting the feelings, what the how, uh, anxiety. Uh -huh. But now I'm thinking, I know it is, it's because when people are having conversations in different groups it's and I don't understand mm -hmm. and I'm starting to get the horrible physical feeling. But now I know what it is. And then I think, right, okay. I'm going to change it. And so what I'm doing is, as I'm starting to feel that I don't understand what's being said, I'm just stepping away because that stops the kind of anxiety building up. However, I don't think that's me getting through. So I'm going to come up with another idea. And you now I was saying about how when young children and babies are learning how to move their mouth and how to put it in the right position. And I think, it sounds silly, singing would be good because it's also about the beat as well mm -hmm. and to get in the right position as well and also you're learning what the um, the chorus is that the right word mm -hmm. yeah and that's repetitive mm -hmm. so this is good you're going to so join the choir well i don't know if i'm very good in a group either but i would join up as if it's one in one and then because i'm actually saying how do i learn a song and they'll teach me. I used to be in the choir when I was at school, actually, when I, I was a teacher. I think you should join the choir. <laughs> There's research that shows when people sing together, it's really good for their well-being. Well, the thing is, I'm a bit ashamed as well, because I'm not a singer. I'm not a good singer at all. I'm an awful singer. And I don't really want to be a singer as much. I'm just trying to figure out how... If I'm listening to, it's, it's like because I get the tune and I know the tune and I can go mm -hmm, and I can hum along, but I can't get the words in. Mm -hmm. And I think the words, the words are going through my mind, through my brain, it's too slow and it's everybody's going at a faster speed. And I think if I'm learning singing and even the routine and repetitive and like keep going with that, maybe then I can apply that to language. And to understand almost like your your own problem solver and teacher julie <laughs> you know what it, what's the saying Te don't give a man a fish or something oh, teach yeah. him how to fish or yeah. yeah sorry i don't really know that saying, oh, i don't but, know them either <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, we've had a wonderful chat thank you it's yes. been so good to see you both and i'm so sorry but is this really the first time we've ever met in this, person raymond and i think we've met through windows or yeah. just uh, yeah uh, oh we bumped okay. into you last year uh, i think oh the, the, the imagery information day which yeah. is coming oh, yeah. up shortly yeah. in glasgow yeah. yes she was booked herself excellent in, so. i won't see you there because i'm away on a wee trip oh right uh -huh. yeah but you have yeah. a lovely time. Yes, so mm -hmm. I, I definitely will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to mention? Or no, I think not, not for me anyway. I think just as you've said, Julie's... Just the, the singing, uh -huh. Julie's yeah. very, very good and has been throughout this whole process at, at driving herself. Maybe too much at times, but she's always had... And motivated. Motivated and an idea because again my educational background of always thinking of how do I how do I get myself better, how do I, I do things. Some of it doesn't work, but she doesn't get phased and she just carries on. So she's got that sort of strength that she'll probably never stop rehabbing. She'll yeah. just keep on going. 
probably drive me into the ground for um, doing it, but she'll, she'll, she'll keep on doing it and I take my hat off to her because again, that's something that maybe I don't have that, that, that sort of drive to do that. Um, but I say, I just put it now, we don't have a bad life, we have a different life to the one we have. And it's just, it's just different challenges. Um, sort of group in America, Aphasia Access, they do podcasts and webinars and all sorts of things and they put out a newsletter and there's a guy who has aphasia in America and his his strap line is something like your past doesn't need you, your future does. Mm. So you know that sort of thinking about the past and the past and what I used to do that, that doesn't need you anymore. It's time to, what you guys are saying, your future needs you. So mm-hmm. look to the future. Yeah. Which is uh-huh. what I hear. Yeah. You're, you're an inspiration. <laughs> so I think maybe it's something for thinking about is befriending Julie, that you know you use your experiences and you know, befriend other people who are going through a similar journey and things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for coming and speaking, me, speaking to me tonight. Uh-huh. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, and I hope to see you both, Raymond and Julie, again soon. Thanks, Thanks Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are of the individual and should not be considered professional advice. If you have a brain injury, suspect you have a brain injury, or think someone you know has a brain injury, please seek dedicated professional advice.